Okay, so welcome back to part three, where hopefully Be'ez Hashem, we're going to be going through after discussing so much about what is a marriage, and what's the purpose of a marriage, why do we get married, what's the uh, focus of a marriage that we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks. Let's go down now to the crunch of trying to figure out, looking for the best possible spouse, the most compatible match is Be'ez Hashem, today's sugya. So we'll start like this. First of all, there's a Gemara in Moed Cotton. The Gemara in Moed Cotton, Tezayin tells us, from the Torah, from Nevi'im, and from Ksuvim, we know that a wife comes from the Rabbi Nishlelem. The Mephoshim want to know, why is it specifically referring to a wife? Everything comes from the Rabbi Nishalayim. Everything's Bashkacha Pratis. The Rabbi Nishalayim runs the whole world. Everything's from Hashem. Why specifically? Does Chazal home in on the idea of a wife coming Bashkacha Pratis from the Rabbi Nishalayim? And the answer is, said Umesha Aaron Stearns Atzal, he said that it's so obvious sometimes, if you're looking, that a wife comes from the Rabbi Nishalayim. It's an incredible thing, and so many stories have been said, and I, I myself have been witness and been involved with so many situations of they got together because he happened to know him, and it's actually interesting, only tonight I got a phone call from someone that was asking me about a previous Talmud of mine, and I was thinking, wow, like, how would you put the two together? And then, because he knew me, and he knew her, and him, and everything came together, it's absolutely remarkable how you see this again and again, and that's why specifically says Rabbi Sharon Stearns Atzal that Chazal are telling us a shidduch comes min hashamayim. There are so many times where, again, if you're looking, you'll see it. As we know, the Gemara tells us in Brachas Al Yispadal Kol Chosid Leis Motzoi, which according to one Pshat in the Gemara in Brachas Tavches, is talking about that a person should daven for his wife, even though we know that the Gemara tells us that our boy Miyoyim. 40 days before the Yitzhiris Havlad, before the fetus is even formed, the announcement goes out in Shamayim Basploini to Basploini. We know that him to her, her to him, it's all already preordained. But however, if a person doesn't daven, he gets nothing. And as we know this from Rashi and Parshish Bereshis, Rabbi Rucham famously told us this Yisoyed, and this is what Rabbi Shem Pinkas talks about, Rishis about in Tefillah, that tefillah can cause us to receive not only the things that we weren't meant to get, but the things we were meant to get. But if you don't daven, you don't get them. That's pshat in the Gemara. A person should always daven for the shidduch. Not to daven for a specific person, but to daven that the Rabbi gives us the correct shidduch at the right time. Now we all believe that a, a shiruch, a zivug comes min a shamayim, a, a yid comes to the chazanish once. And he comes to ask the chazanish the following, he says, you know, I don't really know what to do, because if I ask information about a potential girl, a potential spouse, from her family, of course he's going to say nice things, and our family members are going to say, oh, she's amazing, right, we've all heard these things, um, but this girl is a balasmidois, she's incredible, what, a, what, a, what an, an example to everybody else, so if I ask a family member, obviously they're going to say that, right? If I ask a friend, they're going to say the same idea. If I ask an enemy, he's going to say bad things. So he came to the Chazanish and said, How do I know a Zivik is Whoever I ask is going to say what they think they know about that person. 
said the Chazan Ish. If the Shidduch is desired min HaShamayim, the person asking the questions will be led to a friend who will say nice things. If it's not min HaShamayim, you'll be led to an enemy. And therefore you'll be led to someone that won't give you such nice information. And in fact, there was a Maisa once, a Yid came to the, Chaz- the Sfasemes. And he came to the Sfasemes, as most Hasidim come to their Rebbes before a Shidduch is you know, decided, even if it's going to begin, and he came to the Sfas Emes and he said, should I go into this Shidduch? And the Sfas Emes said a very unusual answer. The Sfas Emes said, go for it, it's Minah Shamayim. The people around the Sfas Emes were shocked. They, they never heard the Sfas Emes talking this way. Sfas Emes was a going at Sadiq, an unbelievable person. He never just said, yeah, go for it, it's Minah Shamayim. That wasn't his way of talking. He didn't understand it. So people asked him, what's Pshat? And he explained an incredible thing. He said, yesterday, a man came to me and was crying, was crying, was crying. He had daughters of marriageable age and he hasn't got a penny. The whole town hate him. He's only got one friend in the whole town. How on earth am I going to marry off my daughters? Said this Vas Emes. Today, another man came to me. And he said to me that he had been recommended, his son was recommended for that man's daughter for a shidduch. And he inquired, he made his information, he got great information. When I heard that, said this first Emes, I realized that, wow, everyone in town hates him. There is only one friend that he has. This person was led to the only friend that he has. It's got to be Minashamayim. So there's no question that a Shidduch is Minashamayim, but it still means that we have to do our Ishtadlus, we have to try, we have to look, we have to do our inquiries, we have to be consulting with Gubadas Torah, with Arabayim, but of course to Davin and to realize that after all, everything is Minashamayim. And when we're looking to see the qualities that we're looking in a spouse, which is obvious, it's, a, it's an important question that many people always ask, Rebbe, what do I look for? I hear this all the time. What do I look for? I'm going on the shadow, I'm on the market, I've started to put myself, I've got my resume already. What do I look for? What am I looking for in a spouse? Before, after, during the, you know, the whole dating process, that question comes up again and again. So I, I want to talk about it from a practical level. And I want to give some practical ideas as well. But before we get there, we have to first look at the Torah. We have to look at the Torah because the Torah at the end of the day is our handbook for life. It's our handbook to give us direction in all of our lives and specifically in this area, which is obviously the most important decision you will ever make. So we have to look, obviously, where are we going to be looking in the Torah to find this Parashas Chayisara? So Rav, uh, Rav Palm has a beautiful saver called Atorah Lemelech. So in Atorah Lemelech, in page Chavov, he goes through the whole understanding of Parshish Chayesor. I want to give you a little bit of what he says. Parshish Chayesor is incredible parsha. It's basically dedicated to the Shidduch of Yitzchak and Rivka. The Torah devotes 67 psukim of the mission of Eliezer, the servant of Avram, to find a wife for Avram's son, Yitzchak. 67 psukim. How many psukim, by the way, does it talk about making, eating and sitting in a sukkah on sukkahs? How many psukim does it talk about matzah? How many psukim does it talk about dalad minim? Not that many. 67 psukim in the Torah. Incredible. Incredible. Says Rav Palm What's the aside? Why is the Torah going through such length to tell us about the shidduch that was created at that time. It says Rav Palm Zatzal like this. It says Rav Palm the Yusoid is 
that a person's success in life, not only in his marriage, because who he married is very much going to determine his success in life. So it says, Rav Palm Zatzal, that the success that you have in this world, and obviously in the next world, because that's what a good marriage will bring you to, will be very much dependent on who you marry. It's a critical, important stage of your life to choose the right person. And that's why we have to look at the Torah's perspective of what it means to look for the right person. What is the Torah's idea of the right person? So it's interesting, Rabbeinu Bechaya, in Parashat Chayisara, Rabbeinu Bechaya brings the Chayva Salavovitz, Rabbi Yisai, brings that there used to be a very interesting minig. The minig was that they would read Parashat Chayisara to the Chosan, right before the Chasana. Right before the Chasana, Parashat Chayisara. Why? The purpose was to show him this is a very important stage of your life. The decision you made is important. You have to realize what to do with it. And that's a very, very important idea. You know, when Avram wanted to find a wife for his son Yitzchak, so as we know, the Torah tells us, he sent his, he sent his Evan Eliezer to accomplish this incredible task. And he told him like this, right? He made him make a Shavua, right? Hashem's name, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaan. No, no way. Do not go to the daughters of Canaan. Now, many Mephoshim are trying to figure out what's the pshat, what, what, what's happening over here. Why was Avram so insistent that Yitzchak marry a woman from Choran, which was Avram's hometown, but not from Canaan? If anyone knows the history, in both places, there was Avodah all over the place. Not only that, when Yaakov was leaving home, Yitzchak gave him the same warning. I have to marry a girl from Choron and not from Canaan. Again, there was a desire in both places. So why the persistence to marry a girl from Choron and not from Canaan? And it's something we have to understand. We're looking for a wife. We have to understand, what is the Torah telling us? What's the message? So there's a Drosha Saran. The Drosha Saran in the fifth Drosha, Agav the Malbim says the same idea. But Akapon, it's very, very Mephorish in the Drosha Saran, in the Fish Drosha. The Ran tells us an incredible idea to understand why Avram specifically wanted the mother of Klal Yisrael to be from Choron and not from Canaan. And that will open up our eyes to see what we want the mother of our children, of our homes, to look like as well. And says the Ran that bad character traits, when a person has bad character traits, like, for example, a person is cruel, a person is horrible, is nasty, whatever, jealous, person, all sorts of things. They're generally passed from generation to generation. And therefore, it's possible, says the Ran, for a nation that had bad character traits to change its nature. That's possible. But at the end of the day, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. However, false ideologies, avodazora, and these sorts of things, they're not Beyerusha. They don't last. They don't get passed from generation to generation. Yes, it may have a bad influence, but at the end of the day, a person can make his own decision and therefore he can think through of himself and therefore false ideologies are relative to character traits. It's a matter of individual free choice. Based on this, says the Ram, Avraham Avinu knew that finding a wife for Yitzchak, he was building the home. He was building the Jewish home. He wanted to make sure that Yitzhak's wife came from a nation that had good character traits. Even if it was a nation 
that served Avedi Zara. Not only were the people in Canaan wrong ideologically, but they were cruel, they were nasty people, they were, they were horrible people. Choron, however, where Avram himself grew up, yes, they were worshipping Avedi Zara, but they were very kind people. They had tremendous positive character traits. And Avram, and eventually Yitzchak, wanted their children to marry women who, even if they came from the worst background of people doing the worst thing, but at the end of the day, they had a good heart. And that's how the Jewish nation had to be built. That was the foundation of Klal Yisrael. And that's what we want the foundation of our homes to be. And that's an incredible eye-opener. Because I've heard this from people. You know, oh, how can I marry that girl? A shiddha came up, that girl. I mean, look what type of home she's from. Look what, look what the father did. Look what the mother did. I mean, I've heard all sorts of rumors. I, I get these questions, right? What do I answer? Parshas Chayisara. Avraham Avinu was taking, his, taking a wife for his son from someone that was Avod Zorah. But that wasn't the main thing. It was about Midos Tovis. It was about good character traits. There's a Mishnah in Pirkei which we learned not long ago. But the Mishnah says in Perik Beis, Mishnah Yud Gimel, and I translate, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai told his Talmidim, go and see what's the best path for a person to choose. Rabbi Lezat said, Ayin Tova, a good eye. Rabbi Shua, Chavet Tova, a good friend. Rabbi Yossi, a good neighbor. Rabbi Lezat ben Aruch, a good heart. And he said, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, the last one, Rabbi Lezat ben Aruch, that's more correct than everyone else because his words includes everyone's. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh is teaching us the most important midah that you can ever have and look for in a wife, in someone that's going to build your house together, is a good heart. Because that's the root and the source of every other midah. When you have a good heart, you have everything. And that was specifically the midah that Avram Avinu was looking for when looking for a mother of Kalal Yisrael. And when it comes to looking for a shiddah, when it's looking for a wife, and again, we'll try to speak on this on a more practical level as well, is that it's one of the highest priorities in the shiddah. First of all, for basic shalom bias, that's what you need. For basic shalom bias. Because if any partner has bad midas, he's angry, he has selfishness, he's a stubborn person, it's going to cause a tremendous strain on the marriage. Right? The shechina cannot be found in such a place. Not only that, it's much easier to like a person who has good midas. If a person is much more pleasant, he's easygoing, the personality that they have when someone is generous, such a person has, these are the traits of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Aramois as well. And therefore that is the most incredible ingredient for a very successful marriage. But the problem is, and we'll just take a little bit of an apprenticeship for the moment, what occasionally happens is, after they get married, a few months down the line, the man comes in complaining. And he says, they told me, I remember, she was a palois midois. Oh, I heard that. I said, let's go for it. No, she's not. She's absolutely not. She's nothing, nothing, nothing near that. Everything they claimed is rubbish. It's not true. She loses her patience. She's not considerate. She's got all sorts of problems, anger. It's ridiculous. What happened? Did she change? Or did he change? Says Rav Palm in a Torah Melech, an incredible idea. The answer is no. Generally, he changed. He's generally the man. All the women out there are going to agree with me. The men are going to say, no, it can't be. But that's the truth. It's the man who normally causes the wife to have bad behavior. 
If you act unkindly to her, if you don't give her your undivided attention, if you don't show her that you're there for her in every situation, whatever she needs, you're there for her, not only physically but emotionally as well. If you talk with disrespect, if you disregard her feelings, if you're angry, if you get you know, out of anger, so in petty little things, it's very hard for her to overlook your behavior. How can you expect her to be a balasmidas? As Chazal tells us in the Pesach Mishnah, Kamayim ponim ponim. It reflects one to the other. And if you act towards your wife that way, don't come in complaining afterwards that she's losing her temper and she's got all these problems. If you want her, if you want her to act with Midas Tovis, you act properly with her. And it goes both ways. Of course it goes both ways. Everything goes both ways. But I'm specifically telling the men for a reason. Now when you're looking for a wife, one of the most important things you have to realize before you even look... Am I ready? Am I ready? It's a major commitment. It's a major decision. Am I mature enough? Right? As somebody wrote me an email recently, uh, he says to me, good quote, the only problem that marriage solves is bachelorhood. That's it. If you're looking at to solve your problems, your loneliness, other issues which you're not going to delve into, it's not going to happen. Marriage isn't a hospital. It doesn't heal anything. It can help. But again, like this guy wrote to me a great quote, the only problem marriage solves is bachelorhood. What I normally suggest, and the, and the, uh, the boys on the screen right now who are, who've heard the schmooze from me will attest to how incredibly efficient this is, is I always tell the boys or the girls, make yourself a piece of paper. Yes, the old-fashioned, take a pen, take a paper, and put it down two columns. And your column should write like this. Number one, needs. This is what I need. I have to have this. On the other side, it's the wants. The things that I would like. And it's extremely important to make a differentiation between the two. They're not the same. And often people come back and when we discuss Shedach dates, they'll be like, well, she's like this and she's like, hold on a second. Do you need that or do you want that? If you don't have a piece of paper and you look at it after the date or before you, you know, go out with a potential girl or whatever it may be, you're going to be confused. You have to, different, you have to make a difference between what you need. There are certain things that you need. Right? I cannot marry a girl that doesn't have X, Y, Z. Okay, that's fine. That's your decision. If you're being honest with yourself, that's great. And there are certain things that you would also like, you would want. But then they're wants, they're not needs. And it's very, very important because the dating process will be so much easier. Rabbeinu Bukhaya writes, incredible, Rishayim, writes, never marry for money. It's very attractive. It looks good, right? Because, ha, oh, I've got it made now. Everything's great. You know what? You become a puppet. I've heard this from people. You become a puppet. You have to do whatever the other side wants because at the end of the day, he who has the gold makes the rules. And therefore, if that's the case, never marry for money. She may happen to have money. He may happen to have money. Okay, that's a bonus. But that's not what you look for. Looks, right? This is why I always tell the guys, don't get pictures. I might be old-fashioned, but I'm telling you, it's important. Don't get a picture. You get a picture of the girl. You look at her. You, it can go both ways. It can go, oh, no, 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 no. That's not for me. That's not fair. You're judging her by a picture. Maybe she didn't, she didn't even send that picture. Who knows where that picture came from? Not a good idea. Not a, or you could the other way. You could be so like, wow, off we go. And when the first time you meet her, you're like, you're not even listening to anything she says because you've already got that picture in your mind. Not could I. I remember I called up with Scheinberg. I was in England and I was going out with my wife now. 
And uh, I called him up. I spoke to him on the phone. And I said, Rebbe, what should I look for? What should I look for? G- give me, just give me one, you know, the question that I'm now getting, I asked him. And he told me the, what I told you before. Midas, Tavis, that's it. Once you have Midas, you're great. If she's got Midas, if you've got Midas, well, which means you have to have the Midas, right? Because if a girl with Midas is going to marry a boy with Midas, right? But if she's got the Midas, then that's incredible. That's the beginning of a very, very successful marriage. But there's another couple of things that you also have to look out for. Do you share the same goals? It's very not, not do you like the same flavor ice cream and want to go on the same holidays. That's not the recipe necessarily for a good marriage. That's a great friendship. That's not marriage. Marriage is about getting somewhere. It's a journey. And therefore you have to figure out, do we have the same goals, but real goals? Like life goals, meaningful goals, values. What type of house do you want? What type of children do you want to raise? No, no, these are not questions necessarily that you need to ask her. Like, oh, what type of length of skirt are you going to put on our kids when she's three? No, 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 you don't have to ask that. But to get the idea of you have the same goals, which by the way means that if you don't know yourself, if you don't know the direction that you're going in, how can you expect to know who to look for in a, in a, in a partner? The most important question is, who am I? What direction am I going in? What am I looking for? That's the most important thing. Before you start even dating, you should have that question down pat. And of course, you've got to be physically attracted to her. That doesn't mean you have to see fireworks. Many guys complain. I didn't see the fireworks. I don't know any fireworks that exist when you go out with a girl. Maybe you've been watching too much of what goes on in Hollywood. But in the real world, no, there's no fireworks. Yes, some people have it easier and some people have it harder. That could be. If you're physically attracted, even in a small way, Again, you have to discuss this with your Rebbe, because obviously a lot of this is a lot of different things. That's very, very important. And what I tell the women is you have to respect him, because men love respect. But we're not going to go into that right now. Let me just end with one last incredible idea, an incredible idea for the Chassam Sofa. Really, really incredible. Just before we get to Chassam Sofa, it's also very important for a person to have an Ayin Tova. The Medrash and Shirashirim tells us in Perik Aleph, the Medrash says that there were four people that went into the Pardes, Pshat, Remes, Rosh, and Soy, it was all our Pikabola. One of them glimpsed and was injured. The other one glimpsed and died. The other one was abandoned his faith. Only Rabbi Akiva entered in peace and left in peace. So they ask, what's the Pshat that the Medrash says Rabbi Akiva entered in peace? Everyone entered in peace. It was a question of leaving. And the answer is Rabbi Akiva left in peace because he entered in peace. He prepared himself in advance that even if he failed to understand what was going on in that sort of Kabbalistic way, he would retain his faith. And that's why he left in peace. And that's what happens in a home. It all depends on your preparation. Deciding in advance to accept what happens, to accept what the Rabbanishim gives you, is the very big secret to a happy marriage. Chazal tell us that if if a person buys something in the shuk, people should praise it. What does that mean? I meant to lie? Well, a guy brought something home. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. How'd you buy that? Well, I meant to lie, Chazal told me. No, no, that was, that, that's really nice, actually. That's ridiculous. What does Chazal want from me? The answer is, says Ramosha Aaron Stern, the answer is because a person that has an eye in Tova, he has a good eye, he'll always find something to praise. Because everything has a good point. And that's an incredible idea in a marriage as well. If you have an eye in Tova, if you have a good eye, You'll always notice the good. You'll always notice the good. And that's incredible. So let me tell you an idea from the Heilige Chassam Soifer. Incredible idea. The Chassam Soifer is in Torah Moshe. Again, Parashas Chai once again. 
And he tells us an incredible idea how to look at the difficulties that many people experience in life and especially in marriage. So we know that Eliezer proposes that Rivka marry Yitzchak, right? That's the proposal. Yitzchak should marry Rivka. And what does Lavan say? What is the response to Lavan at this stage? And boys, listen carefully. It's an eye opener. Lavan's response is Mahashem Yotza Hadava. This marriage came from the Rabbanish Lalam. Daber Eilecha Ra Oitoif. I cannot say anything, not good or bad. Ask some sofa. Now, one second. We all knew that Rivka's going to end up marrying Yitzchak. That wouldn't be a shayla. And obviously no one's going to say anything bad about a shidduch once it was a done deal. But say something good. Why not say something good? If the shidduch is going to happen anyway, why not offer some positive reinforcement? That's the Chassam Sofer's question. And he answers something unbelievable, life-changing. He says that the Torah, through Lavan, is teaching us an incredible lesson for marriage. We often have this misconception that, you know, that to make a good marriage, it's very crucial that both partners be totally identical. And we try to look for that, right? When people are looking for a shadow, I need to find the closest, you know, man or woman, whatever it is, on each side of the machitza, for me, the closest one, whatever, you know, because that's going to make the best marriage. Not only is it not true, it's far from the truth. In a successful marriage, and it's important to know this, it's important that there are differences between the, between the two partners. Could you imagine if the two people are exactly the same and they get married? Well, what's the benefit of marriage? We spent two shorts and previously discussing the benefits of marriage, why we get married. Imagine you're exactly the same. I mean, what, it's, it's, you're just going to have more of the same person. That's not what marriage is. It doesn't bring about any improvement to the human being in any way. On the other hand, if you take two people who are quite different, that doesn't mean they're totally different, but there are differences, which is automatically going to happen when a man and woman get together. But there were differences because they grew up in different homes, they had different upbringing, they went to different schools, they maybe even lived in a different country. There's a tremendous advantage that you have to realize. Because you know why? Yes, they'll disagree. And yes, they're going to argue. And they're going to discuss it. And ultimately, they're going to come to a decision of their course in life. And that decision is going to be thought out. It's going to be after looking at it, analyzing it, deliberating it. And that will result in a well-planned life. When two people with differences join together to form a home, yes, there are going to be dis- disagreements. But that's great, because that's how we grow. When you have a chavrusa, look at it from that level. When you have a chavrusa, you're going to argue out the sugya until eventually you come up with the maskana, the conclusion. Because you argued out, you all saw it from your perspective, and from his perspective, you put it together, and then you've got the whole sugya. There's nothing we can say, not good or bad. The toiv, says the chsam soifa, is not always toiv. And the ra is not always ra, because differences between husband and wife may seem to be ra, they seem to be bad, but they're actually not that way. The differences may, may in fact be the greatest toiv in our life. Says the chsam soifa, let me give you an example, and he writes this. He says an example that many of us who are married and those of you who are involved in this can understand this. Can you imagine if you have one person in the marriage who's a really, really easy person to spend? You just spend and spend and spend. You have people like that. The other person in the marriage is a very a bit of a constant, like, ooh, they're very, very tight. They don't spend that much. 
and they, they argue about how finances should be spent. Right? How fortunate, says the Chassam Soifer. Could you imagine if they were both huge spenders? What would their bank account look like? Or imagine if both of them were stingy people. It would be ridiculous. But the Rebunishim put two people who are different, who have different ideas, who have different goals, in a, in, a, in a physical way maybe, not in a spiritual way, and put them together. Because when they're different, one of them being a big spender, and one of them being a bit more careful, yeah, they'll disagree. But what will happen is, it will eventually bring it to a proper, happy medium. Says the some sorry for problems? No. It's a shidduch made in Shemaim. And I'll end with one last incredible thing. We all love surprises. Everybody loves surprises. It's not true. We like the surprises that we like. The surprises we don't like, we call those problems. Hazal are telling us it's the greatest gift that we can possibly have. And I think that's given us a tremendous idea into what to look for. Next week, Be'ez Hashem, we shall continue.